Welcome to Gone But Not with me, Luke Aldridge. On this podcast, I'll be speaking to a different person each episode about death, loss, grief and mental health. Whether we like it or not, we will all experience loss at some point in our life. So why is it still such a taboo subject? One of the aims of this pod is to get people talking and normalise grief. Grief comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes, from losing a parent or friend, a family pet that you adored, to the breakdown of a relationship, to the loss of your health or career. I'll be chatting to friends old and new about their experiences. This could be people 20 plus years in, or those that are still in their first year. Either way, we're all in the club. I hope that you enjoy these conversations and they help you normalise death, grief and loss a bit. Maybe it'll even start the conversation with you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How you doing? Hope all's well. Uh, a particularly big welcome if you're uh, new to the pod and you've found us through my lovely guest, Sam Vale. Yeah, I hope you have enjoyed my chat with her. And um, if you are new and you don't hate us, do hit the subscribe button and all that kind of stuff. So without further ado, here's the second part of my chat with Sam. I'll be back at the end. But that's what I just think. Everyone is, is so different. And and the more we can uh, know ourselves, be aware, the more we can act in our best interests. Yeah. You know, because potentially we will have developed quite a few behavioural patterns that might not actually be serving us. Yeah, definitely. You know, and so sometimes looking at those, although it's quite uncomfortable, can be quite enlightening, I suppose. Yeah, and I think that the interesting thing about, I mean, there's only four different people so far, including yourself. You know, everyone has kind of talked about stuff differently and Mm. and kind of used different tactics to... Mm you know, to kind of help them through stuff. I think that it's important for people to kind of understand that, that, mm. that everyone is going to... Everyone's different, but no, but, it, you know, you everyone's going to do weird shit and every, everyone's yeah. weird shit is going to be slightly different from the next person. My weird shit involves... Um, and unfortunately, I think I'm passing my weird shit onto my kids. Right. I say unfortunately, but actually, I think it, I think they're cool things. But you know, I my kids didn't attend my mum's funeral, and I mean they were little; they're still mm. little. But um, but I wanted them to be able to honour it or say goodbye. I wanted I wanted to f- give them some sense of closure as well. Cause, I mean, mm. that happened very soon around everything that was going on for me. Yeah. There is a tree in um, where we live. We call it the wishing tree. And everyone calls it the wishing tree. It's full mm. of ribbons, right? But right. Uh, um, it's almost bordering on ritualistic, you know. At points where one of us or any of us feels a bit overwhelmed or, or if it's an anniversary or anything, we will go to the art shop, we will go and buy some ribbon, we'll choose the ribbon we want, we'll take a walk up there, mm. we'll take some biscuits and we'll go and tie a ribbon on the tree and, and have a quick chat with the tree and say thank you. <laughs> See, I told you it was weird shit. Okay, but then we come home, right? And it's a way of, I don't, I don't know. It's creating little things that, for me, it's that's helpful. It's being able to voice it, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. I was going to say that's totally it, isn't it? It's kind of it's for your little people to put into words something tangible and to get it out. Yeah. And by doing that, it's. I mean, this is the whole thing about therapy, isn't it? Yeah. Is, is talking about it yeah. and getting it out, even if it's not necessarily fixing 
a yeah. problem it is kind of the, the but sharing, these are parts it? of us mm. you know and so i've for the whole of my life i've tried to fix stuff mm. you know you know yeah. when you have those inner inner narratives the words that come you know, the sentences i don't know if you have this so i'm being a little bit vulnerable here but like i have a few little sayings that i say to myself when stuff gets hard usually things like i'll fix it i'll fix it that's one and no one's going to do it apart from yourself. You have to do it for yourself. You know, yeah. you can't rely on anyone. Those kind of thing. Not very healthy, any of them. But they are, I, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But me going, I'll fix it. Is me going, I, I don't need your help. I will sort it out. Yeah, I will sort sure. it out. Right. So they're more like, they're not. They're not nurturing for me. No. Right. They're not. If I was talking to my inner child, inner person, mm. it's not very nice. Fix it. You'll fix it. You don't need. You know. Yeah. Don't need yeah. anybody else but yourself. No, what would I say to my kids? Honestly, what would you say to Orson? What would you say to Daisy? What would you say to the kids? You'd just go, I'm here. Mm. It's all right. Yeah. It's okay. If you feel sad, it's okay. You're not on your own. Yeah. Except that I say the opposite stuff to myself. Right. And so... Um, uh, Is that because you didn't have it said to you as a uh, little person? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's stuff that you've gr- I've grown with. I wouldn't want to put that on anybody else because I don't remember. So I could mm. sit here and go, it's because nobody else said it. I could say that. I don't yeah, know if that's right. true or not. So I'm reluctant to say that. But for whatever reason, I find it hard to ask for help and to lean on other people. Mm. Um, but I also know that's not helpful. So um, I think that may come from the generational thing that we talked about before. Is, is maybe that it's not something you talk about with parents that are born at a certain time maybe yeah and they didn't with their parents yeah and i think it's just because we're a more i don't know if emotionally intelligent is the right phrase but certainly it's, there's more awareness i yeah, think yeah it's part of the conversation isn't it and i was brought up with um and my dad raised me pretty much yeah. and so you gotta think you know and i'm not a man so i can't kind of ch- jump on the projection on that but you know i know definitely my dad's priorities were making sure that there was food on the table mm. and um and that we were taken care of and an emotional over you know i suppose overt emotional needs of course are taken care of because you know but those underlying belief systems and values and things like yeah. that maybe um you know it's a different generation so but it's yeah it, yeah it, no one size fits all for everybody you know it's, it's a, a situation where you just got to do what you need to do if it means you're writing something if you're drawing something if you're dancing it out if you're singing it out if you're picking up the phone and saying to a friend i'm having a hard time right now and having not somebody at the end of the phone trying to fix it and just going it's okay i'll sit with you yeah i'll I'll sit with you in the space yeah it is the only thing you can do sometimes yeah um... but it's hard i think for people who don't necessarily have that experience because you want to fix stuff yeah you want to fix it for the other person you want to you want to go look yeah and and that's um yeah being the partner of depressive yeah. that doesn't suffer with depression yeah. is an incredibly hard, selfless... Yeah. Uh, you know, depression is such a selfish and introverted condition. I don't know if that's the right that's quite, label for it. But. Well, it, it does, I mean, it's your, the labels you want to put on it. Mm. But but from, from my... You know, they're not words that I would choose to describe. But saying right, that, okay. I don't... You know, I, I've had pockets of blueness. Mm. I, you know, depression is something that's a, is a longer chronic condition. So I've not, yeah. di- I've not had that. I have to juggle my mental health and make sure that I keep myself well. I don't suffer yeah. with depression. Which so, I very much kind of right. know, sort of recognise myself as a depressive. I'm not always depressed in the same way that an alcoholic isn't always. Yeah, drinking, drinking sure. 
but I think it's kind of uh, is an intrinsic part of my genetic Absol- makeup. A- absolutely, and, you know, and it can be kind of as yeah. a, a long term well, impressive. Yeah, it's, absolutely, it's in there. It's part of you. But when you because you use the word selfish, right, and and it almost Not made me go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, because it's... but I think it is because there are periods when you're so low that um, you know you, you you don't kind of think about your partner and their sort of feelings and their needs because you have to take care of yeah your own. And but I it's think, not intent. I think it, I think it's the intent, right? Yeah, so, it's, so... I, I'm not saying that it's, it's intentionally yeah. kind of, but I think that it. I don't know. I think it. I don't think you can get away from the fact that it is. I suppose, that's that's my feelings. Right yeah. Now, no. And the thi- and I suppose as, as someone on the outside, I want to go. You can't. You can't help it. It's not something that you can. No. You, can you know. So self. For me, it's just a word, isn't it? It's semantics, really. But, yeah. But it's yeah. that that word almost. It's a. What's a better? Label, I don't know. Do you think? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there is because I think it's the, again. It's what mm. word resonates with you. But I definitely don't see yeah. depression as as a selfish. You know, it's not mm. a choice. No, and I think that the the way that I kind of think about it in in very simplistic terms, but I think it's quite a good quite a good way of explaining it is that it's not about being sad. It's about losing the ability to be happy. Okay. And okay. I think that that. You know, it's it's not a choice. It's not kind of a oh, kind of you know, cheer up. You know, it's not that sort of thing, which is the uh, uh, you know most brainless thing you can say to someone who's feeling mm, shit. Mm, mm. Um, because it is kind of losing that. You know, it is kind of almost like getting back to a place of happiness is is sort of unachievable when you're at those sort of low points. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of riding those. Uh, you know those patches. I what think. do you what What do you do? You know, so you're asking me. You know, in terms of yeah coping mechanisms. What, um, what are your? So I um, I will lock myself away with the film, um, a, a kind of distraction thing. I think I use so I think I probably use film in the way, same way that a lot of people use music. Yeah. And I think there are certain things. You know, I I I really love a shit be moving, or a you know, a brainless, punchy, explodey, runny, shooty film. Yeah. I don't watch... As someone who's a film nerd and a, someone who's studied screenwriting, I should be kind of putting on The Godfather and art house stuff and, you know, like, most of the time. But um, but I don't. It's kind of, you know, I, I find it quite... I have to be quite sort of careful about when I put stuff like that on. Anything that is not heavy it's not the right word but i think serious grown-up yeah is maybe a better word i think sort of a grown-up film i need to be in a fairly all right space yeah. and he'll probably be watching it with becky or i might go and see it at the cinema okay if i'm in here it's probably john wick or okay. the matrix or okay. a terrible arnie you know commando or <laughs> So, so you, but then you, so you use film almost as a distraction, right? It's to move, yeah. it's to help you move through that and get you out of your. It's this almost a form of escapism, isn't it? It's the same as yeah, you know, to shift your yeah. space. Yeah, I find that that the boy is is uh, a fantastic way of staying yeah. out of that space. Yeah, and we, you know, we spend a lot of time being silly and playing mm. silly games and mm. laughing and all the rest of it. I find that when he is like it, it doesn't have to be anything in particular just kind of you know a friday when he's knackered and mm. we come home from from school and i've forgotten to take 
I don't know, a snack or something to kind of keep his blood sugar up and all that sort of stuff. If he crashes, that can kind of wipe out my weekend. Ruining. Yeah, totally. Because that's sort of, he has such a big impact. He's such a big part of kind of keeping my, yeah, you know, my sort of mental health good. Yeah. And kind of keeping it. That's really up. interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not sure that it's healthy. I was going to um, ask you that. But, but it, do you know what? It's the fact that you can talk about it and the fact that you've just said that is yeah i'm like, very aware you know of I mean? it very aware of it and i understand it pretty well yeah um but it doesn't stop massive crashes and it also means that it's a factor that i can't control because his moods are his moods obviously sure. but they have a huge yeah. impact on on me yeah um and because becky works and i tend to do the, the yeah. school pickup and and all that sort of stuff it'll be that we might be at home for an hour or more kind of before Becky gets home. So that can be difficult mm. if he's, you know, if he's kind of just having... And, you know, all kids have just one of those, don't sure. they? But that, yeah, that can sort of really sort of take it out of me, not me for six. Yeah. So it's very powerful, you know. The, 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 the input can be very powerful. Mm, yes, definitely. My kids are really good stabilisers for me. If I start to, like, you know spiral mm. very easy to to get clear right you know other things are important yeah you know yeah. because I, I i have a worrying tendency if i if i allow myself to mm. to worry about all the uncertainty and unknowns about stuff you know you really just make you just mm. make you go okay well what is important right now you know yeah. right right now everything i need is just here and so they're, they're good for that for me um i suppose some of it for me is you know i had a very non-traditional relationship with my birth mum mm. and and i see molly and i want to do my best and sometimes yeah my best is a bit shocking <laughs> just as any I'll parent you know what i mean though as any parent sometimes we kind of go you go to bed and go yeah i could i could have done better tomorrow i'll do better and then you know well that's completely normal yeah I, mean, I, I i i really do think that it's not a case of how much you it's not a case of if you're going to fuck up your kids i think it's a case of how sure. much it's just true it's true um, and the fact that we can talk i was talking to somebody else about this today actually you know mm. and i think it's hard for our generation because we we're having conversations that mean that we are so aware of the impact the potential impact of yeah. what someone is going to have long term and also because we are talking about the impact of our childhood yes right yeah which makes us go holy shit if i knew all this stuff i would not be having children if mm. i knew how much damage I, yeah. I could potentially cause you know but so it's tough to be able to separate and go you know we're doing our best and all they need is love and mm. you know what probably we're going to pass some stuff on but, yeah, def- but having the ability to be able to talk about, about that yeah as, you know it's, it's you know. gonna happen yeah but i think that you being able to talk about it and kind of go you know let's let's have a conversation and, yeah you know and being able to chuckle i think yeah yeah uh, is is you know important and yeah knowing and uh all the rest of it yeah no i, I think so we just do our best don't we and try not to you know screw up our kids but <laughs> yeah and i think being a single parent kind of in a you live on your own yeah because i i did that for a bit with with daisy and she was with me sort of half the time right of course and there was a period of yeah about a year before i met becky where right. i was you know i sort of lived on my own with with her i think that as you say is very good at kind of right just put my shit away i mm-hmm, need to get on mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. that's important I don't know if I've like when you said that. I wonder if I have. I think my depression is much worse 
and I think I understand it better and I'm better at, at kind of keeping a not necessarily keeping a handle on it but but sort of managing the the, yeah, the ebbs and flows yeah I think that's yeah and it makes me wonder if being uh you know being part of a of a two parent mm-hmm. traditional two parent was well, mm-hmm. not really because we have four kids from th- three marriages sure but man and the woman being married at home with kids sure i wonder if there is more space for me to be an indulgent prick oh, um, interesting <laughs> which has only just occurred to me kind of um after you said yeah. that about kind of your your two being good at snapping you out of it and yeah you're important and i need to yeah, well, because well, there isn't another adult in situ no. that you that can do those things, and no. actually, then your your primary calling is actually to make sure that your kids are yeah. okay, and um and so I mean I I mean I don't know. Mm. It's an interesting concept. Yeah, I shall I shall ponder. But I want I don't want you to be. I mean I don't live with you, right? So it's easy for me to come in here and go. I don't want you to be so on yourself because Becky might be like absolutely he's an indulgent prick yeah. you know what I mean so I don't want to rock the boat but it's it, and I know you say those things partly in just the, the use of language and because it's it's lighthearted and it, it's okay but it's also you know you're not an indulgent prick I don't live with you so I can say that and I don't know no, if you I, are but I like, think that the, the depression that I suffer from mm. is and I know that I have a, a, a couple of friends who are very similar okay. in kind of being musicians and they suffer with a very kind of similar sort of depression, maybe for different reasons, but it kind of seems to come out in a very similar sort of way. Mm. And they're indulgent pricks. Okay. Um, okay. So I think, no, I think I am, but I don't mean it in a I know, I do, I get terrible what you're saying. sort of way. It's just, yeah, I don't know, I get what it's you're saying. It's just what it is, you know. Do you think the fact that you are, have got such a level of self-awareness helps or do you think it actually hinders? I, I don't know. I think that I wouldn't be doing the podcast if I didn't have yeah. this kind of level of awareness. I think whether it's a good thing or not, I don't. I really don't know. Because sometimes I think, oh, wouldn't it be nice to sit ignorance. in that blissful ignorance? Yeah. ignorance. Yeah. I think that about cancer sometimes, right. you know. And um, so I have I have peers. I say peers, not peers. They are they're friends, you know, mm. acquaintances or friends, uh, people who have had diagnoses and diagnoses. And um, and you know, a big part of my struggle and st- still my struggle is my own mortality and the, the idea of leaving my kids. Right. Yeah. And so there's something that I, at the very early stages, you know, the way that I manage the unknown is to, to take a massive look into the bottom of the well to see if I can find the bottom mm. of the well, see what it looks like, and then I can navigate everything yeah. else. If I know that the end the end game here, the you know, worst case scenario, that's the worst case scenario. And if I uh, sit with that, mm. whether or not that's a way of forcing me to, to stop, you know, uh, I definitely do that, right? So I, I assess the situation and I go, well... If it's not that, it's going to be all right. So yeah. let's just work backwards from that and let's make sure that you've sat down and had the conversation with your ex-husband about your will and contingency yeah. plans around practical stuff because that's the stuff, you know, like anything could happen to any of us at any one point and we wouldn't, potentially we wouldn't have any of those things in mm. place. I have this level of awareness that actually, we don't have that. They talk about, you know, you could be hit by a bus, you know, and that's, I get it. Yeah. I see the bus every day. The bus is with me around the corner every yeah. day. You know what I mean? And you learn to live with the bus. Um, but 
I think, yeah, for me, I, I've i gone off piece because I can't remember what the point of this was, but I was talking about buses. <laughs> about, no, about kids, about kind of being there for your kids and that being the thing that... See, yeah. I'm listening, even Th- if you don't thank know. Thank you. I just start about. talking <laughs> and you don't stop me and I'll start talking about trampolines and stuff in a minute. So, but, um, but it is, I think, yeah, so I... Uh, friends, different people. Friends, yes. Yes, so I... Um, I absolutely have made peace as much as I can do with what mm. I have right now uh, with the idea that, you know what, I'm, you know, like you were saying at the beginning around this idea around 54, mm. right? You, yeah. you say that to somebody else and somebody else is like, oh, hang on a minute, that's a bit, you know. Yeah, and I have to remind myself that it's weird. Yes, the um, same as me talking like this. Mm. I might, you know, I might not get the privilege to see my kids finish school. Yeah. I'm lucky if I do. And, yeah. and that would be a wonderful privilege. Absolute wonderful privilege. Mm. I think i have made as much peace with that with what i have as i can do i have got friends who have had diagnosis diagnoses who haven't even gone there emotionally have not gone there and so if i start opening up a conversation which i think is a commonality you know right and they can't actually they're like whoa no no no, we're not you know and so well, that's what I mean in terms of we manage things differently, right? Yeah, yeah. I know what it is, right? But I'm an information seeker. That's not healthy, is it? Kind of. Um... But that's what I mean, that that ignorant bliss, right? Is it better to sit in the kind of oh, it, we're just dealing with today, and you know, this is what I have, and and not knowing what that darkness looks like, or maybe mm. you know, or actually going ah, oh, let's get in, let's get in and have a shit show party for a little bit, and then I know what it is, and then I can choose to step away from that if yeah. I have the capabilities. The kind of stare it yeah. straight in the face, and yeah, me too. Not just stare it straight in the face, but see if you can outstare the fucker. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think that is, yeah. I mean, I, that's kind of my dad talking. Oh, is it? Oh, totally. I'm totally him, and okay. he's his dad as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that when dad, so dad got ill when I was, so it was August of I was twenty six, right? And then he died in December. Quick. Um, yeah, he was given in theory a bit longer, another sort of four months in theory. But what did he pass of? Well, he had um, primary lung cancer, yeah. secondary brain, um, everything sort of down okay. to his liver. He eventually died of a second bout of pneumonia. He shouldn't have survived the first, okay. but yeah, because cancer isn't often the thing that kills you, is it? Sure. It's it's kind of whatever it does to your body that something Means else you can't gets fight. in. Yeah, 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 of course. So. Um, yeah, so he died in hospital, kind of, you know, sort of of in in, in intensive care of, uh, yeah, of pneumonia because his lungs were so mm, mm. knackered. Do you have a date that you mark? Did what? When did he die? Sixteenth uh, of December. Oh, it's Jack's birthday. Oh, is it? it oh is God. <laughs> yeah, well, dates are date, you know, but a date's important for you. Like, is that is that something that you place? Um, um I mean, I think about him every day. Mm. I. I'm sad and miss him and celebrate silly things yeah, every day. Yeah, that's lovely. And I think it's just, you know, so his, his birthday is the 19th of, of October. My sister Lucy's is the 16th of October. So it's not like it's an isolated mm-hmm. thing. Um, You know, Lucy was always his early birthday present, he said. So, yeah, I think dates are something that I mark. Yeah. I'm still counting how many years and it'll be 18 in December and I know that some people kind of get to 
20 and then it's just it was 20 something I can't imagine that I'll ever do that I think it'll always I'll always kind of know how many but I said in the in the very first the very first podcast of this of this stuff is kind of me bollocking on for about half an hour just sort of as a general introduction to stuff and I think one of the things that I say in that is that kind of doing therapy I'm not sure that I want to get to a place where I'm okay with the fact that my dad's dead mm. and I don't think I want to get to a point where I'm not sad about it I think for me it's sort of letting life grow around it yeah rather than you know sort of but that's what, I mean that's Scrubbing grief it isn't it that's what, you know, so many like memes and bits and pieces around grief and the fact mm. that you know it's not the grief doesn't change doesn't change shape it's just that no. other things around it changes shape yeah and so it's always there it doesn't doesn't lessen yeah. but other things change around it and evolve and take up more space at certain times yeah it doesn't lessen i think it's a very impact. common misconception yeah I think that it that, gets less and yeah. it gets easier over time and i don't think it does i think life just no. changes yeah i completely agree and it's not linear it's not like year one it's you know it's tragic and then it gets easier mm. it's not it's not what it is no i think that you get accustomed to to somebody not being there for stuff yeah um but i don't think that means that it's easier no you know every father's day is a yeah. kind of a very mixed bag yeah 100%. um and i i really struggle at christmas do you um and i didn't think i did and then you know the christmas has just gone i had a, a tough time and it's really sort of trying to balance and the same with father's day i i really have to try and make it about being a dad rather than yeah 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 you know about my dad and i have to be very conscious of it being a celebration of the fact that my dad was cool when we had fun rather than it be a reminder of loss the fact that he's not here yeah. yeah yeah and it's and it's tricky i you know i mean christmas yeah it's sort of a big for me a big part of that is not having him around because he his funeral was a couple of days before mm. and that christmas day was you know was you know obviously mm. very peculiar and there was a lot of sitting around and not saying a lot mm-hmm. and i think there will always be a sort of my gaping hole is um yeah. you know christmas with with dad missing mm-hmm. do you do anything uh, i use the word ritual but i'm not a witch but respect witches, <laughs> respect. But is there anything that you do to mark that at Christmas? You know, at Christmas, if you feel if you feel the gap, you know, if you feel the 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 gap at, at Christmas mm. time, is there anything that you, you know? No, I think that kind of I think the transition from having three older kids going, three kids going from being sort of of woohoo Christmas age to being a bit more materialistic, and I want the next iPhone in it has been bridged by the fact that we've got Orson yeah. who has taken over the little person, yeah. the little kid exciting Santa Santa role so it's still there mm-hmm. and the big kids kind of play that role as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. for him so I think that the transition out of exciting Santa stuff hasn't happened yeah, okay. yet completely yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would have done if Orson wasn't around yeah sure in terms of rituals, I know I, I it's don't... a funny word to use, isn't it? I don't, you know. Yeah, it's, but uh, yeah. You know no. what I mean, though. Yeah, it's things to do that, to like, it. yeah, just you know, to honour stuff. I, you know, I still do it with my mum. Mm. So I, yeah. So I, lo- my mum died on the tenth of December, and um, and her funeral was December's hard for mm. me. You know, I always struggle with December anyway. But yeah. her funeral, I, th- 
see i'm trying to think now her funeral was on the 20th no her funeral was on the 21st because it was equinox uh solstice December December equinox equal you know it's equal it's equal shortest day now it has to be solstice it's a little bit pagany I can't remember but her mother died that were like you you know in terms Mm. of the the family you know she died the day after um, as in not the same year she died you know when she was younger and it's all been a female cancers and stuff and and so her mother died in December as well and And so these are these are not women that I ever met, you know, apart mm. from my mum. But you know, she wasn't, you know. But they're buried. Uh, my grandmother, so my mum's mum, is buried in the in the cemetery, local cemetery to us. Right. Her mother is in an unmarked grave in the local cemetery, and I found her grave. You know, I did it. I, I went to the town council, and I found. I needed right. to do a lot of family history because of my type of cancer, so I yeah. needed to go back and find out stuff. And it turns out she was there, and I had a little plaque made. And um, oh, cool. yeah, and so uh, and so the where you, where we go to the wishing tree to mark it, you can mm. see a direct view, line of sight to the to oh, her wow. cemetery. Okay. Uh, so and um, and so I will periodically go on a run, take the kids. We're going to see Grandma's mummy. No, yeah. we don't know. No, nobody knows who Grandma's right. mummy is, but she's my. Just I share her. My middle name is her name. Right. And um, and I'll go and I'll chat. Mm. You know, I'll give. I'll, you know. Um, and that is, it provides huge amounts of comfort for me. Right. Even though I never knew her and I didn't have a traditional relationship with my mum, is something that I can do to mark it when I'm feeling wobbly. Mm. It's something that makes me go, it feels peaceful. Mm. It's, something, it's something that feels peaceful. But but yeah, so when I say rituals, it's, it's, I suppose it's just ways of moving through that grief in the acute space. Yeah. You know, and, and if that means going into the garden and taking your clothes off and jumping over a fire... <laughs> you do you you know um, but but if it means taking a walk and speaking to speaking words out loud to something or yeah. saying something or writing a letter or you know i think i have um written a couple of things triggered directly by how i have been feeling at the time yeah low points of of dad not being around mm. but no i don't think there's you know we I always text my mum and my sisters when it's right. a, you know a, a birthday or a death day or a funeral day. Mm. But no, I don't think there's really much more than than that because, like I say, he's in my head. Mm. I mean, Christ, I only have to look in the mirror. Okay, it's it's um because we're, although we've both lost a parent, mm. you know, but our you know you were very close to your father, yeah, and you you know and and I wasn't very close, but the grief is still the grief is not measured by anything like that it doesn't mean Mm. you know it's because there are different things that we grieve and different things that we that we miss and different you know and and i think being comfortable to be able to get that stuff out in whatever shape Mm. it is and so and sometimes like i say sometimes just comes and bites you on the ass it doesn't have to be a date no it's just like you say it's when you look in the mirror Mm. or when there's a special moment and you think this would be amazing for you to see all the time yeah. and I've, I've talked about this yeah. on previous things you know he would be my first call of illustrator for all of my comic yeah. book scripts yeah. and there's been sort of so many bits and pieces kind of you know in the last yeah sort of 17 18 years that it's just like dad oh. do you know um, what i have um i wasn't close to my mom you know mm. but we had we you know um up and up and down quite complex um but we um 
she used to love dragonflies. Right. She used to um she got a tattoo of a dragonfly and um and obviously dragonflies don't come out all, all the year. They only, I think they last for like I can't remember, I'm gonna get it wrong, tiny, so I don't want to say it's lifespan. Yeah, they? really yeah. short lifespan, but but symbolically they represent change, growth. Mm. You know, and I, I like stuff like that that I can yeah. kinda of go, you know, those are good things, you know, the the uh, freedom, you know. And um and I got a dragonfly sticker to put on my car. Oh, right. It's like, Nice. And but there was part of me that was like, it's a, it's almost on, uh, honoring my mum sounds funny because she wasn't a, a traditional mum in mm. uh, you know she had a lot of her own troubles and and but it's about m- I couldn't make peace with her while she was on this earth really I mm. couldn't get to that point and neither of us could because of whatever was going on yeah. but in her passing I have found more peace you know, than, than I could ever have hoped for, really. It doesn't yeah. mean that I idealise our relationship and look back and go, oh, it was that weird and great. You know, it mm. wasn't. It really wasn't. It was very difficult, very difficult relationship. I mean, it may be that the difference in our grieving our prospective parents is that maybe it's that I'm grieving a relationship and you're grieving one that you maybe didn't have. Didn't, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, I think there's definitely that. But um, I also kind of go, for me... Yeah, a lot of it is wouldn't wouldn't it be nice to know what you know now mm, sure. you know because we, we think we know everything in the moment right however old we are you think you have all the information you need yeah. you, you, know, you have all the you know to draw whatever conclusion and, and the fact is I didn't have an ounce of what I have now I had all I could have it's not that I have to carry guilt and shame for for stuff that I didn't know but mm. but but knowing the information that I know now and having them uh, I want to say maturity but I'm not really mature we neither of us are really no. are we but you know you have been a bit bit more kind of understanding of 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 others as well and the struggles potential struggles that people have that don't that we don't know about yeah i wish i had that i I wish i could relay that now you know and have a little bit more empathy and acceptance Mm. but i feel like i feel like i still communicate with my mom you know like i'll see dragonfly i'll see dragonflies i'll see those things and it's those kind of little markers and then you know I know scientifically that is not my mother. <laughs> I'm aware <laughs> that she has an embodied uh, a blue dragonfly, but for me it provides a little bit of comfort mm. and and makes me probably go, you know, it's all right. Yeah. It's all it's all right. You know, whatever is happening right now, it's okay. You know, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel happy. It's okay mm. to feel really pissed off. It's okay. And that so I try and find the light in a situation. I try and seek it out. Yeah. Sometimes it's hidden. I think that's a really interesting point because it's something that I... Um, so I listen to uh, Griefcast, which is um, Carrie Ad Lloyd. She's a comedian, but okay. she does a lot of improv stuff and she yes. deals with that. Her dad died when she was 15. Okay. And she's kind of 20-plus years in, and that's... Oh, no. You're hungry. Yeah, well, apparently. You had tea. Um, I have had tea, but not enough, by the sounds of it. You need pudding. Um, <laughs> always need <pudding. laughs> um no it's a big part of kind of this is sort of basically a slightly shit version of of her, of her i haven't heard her, her so i think this is way um, better <laughs> 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 um but a recent thing that she that she's kind of said is that you still you know when someone dies you don't stop having a relationship with them mm. you know and that your relationship with that person continues yeah um and will continue to continue absolutely and continue to kind of evolve and grow and yeah absolutely again something that until i heard that i yeah. i would never have got to that on my own yeah i uh, love that yeah yeah me yeah me too and i think that that's kind of a you know a, as well as 
realizing that grief doesn't change yeah and that you don't have to let it change you know you that is sort of an inbuilt expectation but you don't have to no stop feeling shit. no of course you don't and there's no should or or time frame or you know the people around you and, and who love you and 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 understand know that sometimes it's, it will come up and it will just it's because it's going to be part of you mm. and there will be triggers that you're not expecting yeah and and experiences that actually you want to share with those that you love and unfortunately some of those that you love are no longer here on this earth and mm. you can't have that two-way do you believe in um do you believe in spirit and anything like that before we start going completely you know i've had three ghosty okay. experiences okay two as a kid in my parents house uh-huh. and one i don't know it would have probably been about a year ago okay of something talking to me just as i was a kind of chilling and relaxing and and but it was okay. not a kind of oh you probably were just asleep it was literally yeah, sure. kind of a voice okay kind of a couple of inches away from my it wasn't dad okay um it was a uh a kind of a female kid's voice oh wow but it wasn't any of the kids right and it was kind of a okay no one's there wow okay that's um okay yeah that's so you were open you yeah. are open to the conversations anyway. yeah and i yeah. definitely think that there are like austin when he was a, a tiddler in our last house and um he would when he was in the bath before he was speaking mm. speaking he would burble and look at a certain corner yeah and i was always convinced that was that he could see dad and, yeah. and we couldn't yeah. and stuff like that but those things are really important because whether or not he could or couldn't is how mm. it, the impact of that on you and it, it's like keeps you sane it, it doesn't does, it? Yeah, it does whether it is yeah. total bollocks or not I um, um so I'm also open you mm. know I wouldn't I, I don't um, make jokes at anybody who kind of who has experiences and stuff because I think you know it's not for me to say mm. but I'm probably equally as sceptical as much as I am a little bit wafty I'm probably equally as sceptical as open so mm. I'm okay. you know sit kind of in the middle but I remember when um, when my mum died and um she was in the funeral home and they'd said to me did you you know do you want to see the body and um i never never seen a dead body before i'd never you right. know i don't don't know didn't know what that was anyway i remember going in and going okay right well i'm here might as well just you know you know and i have to also remember that i just lost both my breasts mm. <laughs> my body was absolutely beaten to shit in yes. terms of so i was barely kind of still on a lot of drugs myself yeah. right so wasn't in a wholly <laughs> neutral space, I say, <laughs> on any level. I went in and saw her, and she's in the casket, and um, and there were these chairs, and I sat down. I had a cup of tea with the saucer, remember vividly, and there were these two lights above where the casket, where she was, uh, about, uh, into the wall. Yeah. And I sat down, and it wasn't that in my head I was going to go in and have a chat with my mum. It was just that I was going to go. Mm. I was here. I was going to go in, just sit for a minute. And then whatever that was, and then go. Mm. But obviously, it was it was quite emotional. I was on my own anyway, and I remember going in and sitting down and and saying, "I'm trying not to cry now," because this is the one thing this thing that comes you can up in. Never cry. I it's, think it's I've fun. got to go south side. I've got. I've, yeah. I've got. To, I can't cry. <laughs> I've got to dance it out. <laughs> no, I um. It's the thing that comes up in counselling, though. You know, when you feel, I feel it when I talk about it. Mm. it sits in my throat. It sits right. in my throat when I talk about my mum. But yeah, I went in. And I just said, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry. Mm. And um, 
other words were not exchanged because it was, it was one way conversation. So I was saying the things that I wanted to say, and but basically, you know, I hope, I hope you know that I've, you know, that I love you. Mm. I hope you know that. And um, as I remember, as I said that, that I swear to you, absolutely on my kids' lives, both lights went off and then on again, right? Both of them at the same time. Wow. Um, and I remember not. You know, I, I've grown up having conversations around ghosts. And my mum used to be love it. She would always say, you know, if I can come back, I'm coming back to haunt you. You know, she would, <laughs> she would always, re, I, every time I'd go and visit her house, which you know, I can't remember how frequent that was, but I would always remember she'd have a stack of books, and they were always on ghost stories, like of the local right. area, right? So I was like, she's something she was always interested in, and um, yeah, and I, I wasn't scared, wasn't scared, it wasn't that. It was like it was this utter sense of like, you, you just, you get it, you heard everything I've got to say, yeah. you know, and even if you. One, if that that might have been an electrical shortage, that could have been just something that happened at that point. That's totally fine. You realise right? there's a member of staff who's sitting outside. Pete, just, right, that's, just the job. that's the job. <laughs> Part of the service, <laughs> but, but, which uh, that totally could have been. But that's what I'm saying about if we can find comfort from those yeah. those moments and go, I don't, you know, and create our own sense of it's not even closure. It's our it's our own sense of because when awesome was sitting in the bath looking up. L- lovely idea mm. to see your dad. It's l- amazing. It's just comfort, isn't it? It's comfort. It's finding that. Um, it's going, you see, yeah. you see this, you know, and it doesn't stop here. Mm. It, it hasn't ended because you're not here anymore. Yeah. And, you know, and I think as long as, um, you know, and I say this with with the most respect to anybody who's listening, but as long as we don't start using those things as a crux and have it impact the whole of our life negatively yeah. and, and, you know, relying so much on something that we can't, you know, function you know whatever the words you want to use but mm. then i don't see why it's not a it can't be a healthy thing to to be able to go no i agree completely you know it, it's it's comfort i mean some people might think you're a bit bonkers but you know fuck i them. don't care no honestly i you know i couldn't give a rat's ass about what someone thinks about me at this point mm. in my life you know i've i got the space to consider what i think about me and, and yeah. i think you know I'm as critical as I can be of myself. There's not a lot of room for anybody else to come in and start, yeah. you know. And I, yeah, I just think whatever works for you, honestly, it's yeah. it's whatever works for you because, yeah, nobody else has to live with you, mm. you know, apart from in terms of your, you know, your own way. Yeah. So that's how I feel. Do your kids talk about your mum? Um, Sometimes. Mum. Yeah, sometimes there's a picture of her. I've put a picture up on. I've got these photo tiles. Mm. She wasn't on there, and I recently had a picture. In. And so, because I want them to be able to kind of see, have mm. a visual memory. Because any any uh, my relationship with my mum was that you know they had a very positive, loving, lovely relationship, and that was something yeah. I really worked at when to to maintain that I didn't bring my rubbish and put it onto them, and their and and you know and and blur their relationship. Mm. So, um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes we do. Sometimes more than others. Other times, you know, sometimes it depends. We don't not talk about her. Mm. I only ask because Orson talks about Grandpa Barney quite a lot. Okay. I think it was sort of the realisation that there was a Nana and Gore and a Bunky Nana on her own. Yeah. And I sort of had to explain, you know, that that's... Because you know that's my mum, you know that's mum's mum and mum's dad. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and he's not here, yeah. and then sort of explained about you know about it and why and 
we've had to talk it slightly <clears throat> differently because um, my kids didn't understand why I've got two mummies. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So, so more of those conversations. So we talk about we talk about mental health and physical health, and actually, mm. uh, we call her grandma, and, and grandma um, did her best, but she really struggled, you know, yeah. with her mental health, which meant that that she would do a better job if you know if she wasn't living in our house and blah blah blah, and and so and they're like, but but you know, so Nana. Is my is my stepmom, you know? Nana is your mum. Yes, she is. You know, Nana mm. raised me, but Grandma, you know, I came out of Grandma's tummy and blah blah blah. And yeah. More about those kind of conversations. Grandma isn't here anymore, and she died of cancer. But not all cancer, you know, mm. cancer doesn't mean that. It's just sometimes the cancer gets too big, and we talk more about that. But I think actually, the older that they get, the more that they might want to. Well, does Daisy talk? Does Daisy ask any questions? We've talked about it. Yeah. I mean, I think that she knows, you know, she knows that it's a big part of, she has a certain understanding of, of my sort of mental health and I, I sort of share that with her and it's been a recent thing. Okay. You know, she's 16 mm. and I don't, I don't know really. I mean, she's, she knows that if she's got stuff we can, she can ask. About your dad though, does she know? Yeah. So she, she, yeah. So no, I suppose I think it's, it's yeah. more, um, there are a few photos around. She's yeah. always been around, yeah. you know, a, a few he was always a photographer. Right. So there aren't that many photos of okay. him. And he's talked about quite freely between me and my sisters and my mum. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm sure that she knows that if she wanted, wanted to, yeah. to know, she could bring it up or if she, you know. I think that's key, isn't it? It, it, it Giving the space and the opportunity to talk about things. Because yeah. I, I was so searching for a long time for pictures of my grandma, so mm. of my mum's mum, and, and she, very, she, when she was alive, she was a very closed-off woman, and she didn't want to give any of that information out, really, and she just couldn't... She obviously had her own trauma, and, and she struggled, you know, a lot um, with other things, and so she wasn't able to open up those mm. conversations, which meant that I was so curious and inquisitive to find out about her. And yeah. her, her first name was Joyce and her last name was Fulford. And I was like, she's joyful. In my head, I'd I'd like painted this picture of this this matriarchal, but so kind, yeah. but so kind, you know, I mean, you know, I, I, I was missing that kind of, mm. you know, that elder female uh, figure. And so I've absolutely painted that picture of... Right. Of you know, so part of it is a lot of my healing on my maternal line has come from I've got the opportunity to do things differently for for Molly and, and right. moving forward and yeah. and because but and I know it's different for you because you're such a positive, your father was such a positive influence in your life and his loss was is different because of that. Yeah, mine is like feel like oh, I've got this opportunity because the women that came before me, mm. right, and that they didn't have the opportunities that I've had that you can do the or the strength or whatever it was that I, I can do I'm going to do things differently mm. honouring that line and so that's part of my way of yeah you know um, but I mean that's not the same kind of grief the grief that I hold is the you know loss of my yeah, mum I so suppose it's the but, same you yeah. know as valid as, as but it's all different you know, right yeah totally there you go it's a good, it's a good note to finish on at one minute to nine a... So you can go and have, have a boogie. I'm going to go and have a salsa now. <laughs> it's the highs uh, and lows of life. Yeah. It's been lovely. Yes, well, thank you. Thank you for, for coming to chat. No, it's that, been, yeah, been thank nice you. To, to have you on. I'm Told glad. you I don't stop chops in. No, well, you know, we're at, what's that, hour and 40 minutes. You're not the longest. Oh, that's good. But you're not the shortest. Well, it's my gaping hole. <laughs> <laughs> on, on that, that note. note. <laughs>
Thanks again to the lovely Sam Vale for joining me in the man cave. Um, it was really nice to not only chat with her, but um, to do it in person, you know, over a cup of tea. And uh, yeah, it's always nice to have a have a high five in the middle of a conversation. So again, thanks for joining me. If you're able to do all the usual like, subscribe, share, leave a comment, that would be great. If you already have done, then thank you very much. Very grateful for all the, uh, the support, lovely comments of been coming in i'm glad that people seem to be getting something from this and that we're not boring the arse off you so that's that's all good i mean that's kind of you know the whole point of this is just to uh yeah just to try and make things a little less weird with a subject that can only be weird and horrible and terrible but yeah if you can either be sort of given a bit of a heads up or a little bit of comfort from it then fantastic I'll be back next week. In the meantime, take care and keep smiling. Ta-da. This podcast has been recorded, edited and produced by me, Luke Aldridge, here at the Man Cave. Thanks, as always, to Joe Auckland for the music. And this has been a Papa Bear Chronicles production.